0: Hello, good morning, afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Conversation With. Short, impactful discussions with CX leaders and innovators. Uh, Today, we're going to highlight hassle and friction in the customer journey. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, a stat from PwC, 32% of customers stop doing business with a brand they love after only one bad experience. And that's a brand they love. Again, imagine the level of attrition for consumers that don't care for your brand. So to tackle hairy, ugly CX moments, we're fortunate to be joined by Adam Teporek, the founder of CTS Service Solutions, which is a consultancy that provides organizations with real-world, customer-centric solutions through workshops and advanced training. He's the author of the popular blog, Customers That Stick, and author of Be Your Customer's Hero. Adam, how are you today?
1: I am fantastic, Terrence. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to someone who's down in uh, perfect weather, at least this time of year. <laughs> for,
1: for a couple more weeks, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, and then it's, uh, what, AC hunting for a few yes, months? Yes,
1: exactly. It's a sauna time. Right. That's, well, the good, good news is the dogs calm down when it gets hot.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Adam, so it's been a wild 13 months. Um, how have you been learning, staying engaged? Have you done anything new, Challenge yourself in a new way?
1: I did a big challenge. So I've always been a reader, so I've always just continued education, reading, things like that. Um, I've tried on a few occasions to learn Spanish in my life and I have uh, quite frankly failed miserably in every attempt. Uh, So I had a few uh, keynotes right before the pandemic booked for uh, Buenos Aires and uh, Mexico City. So Mm -hmm. I went all in, uh, it all happened sort of right at the beginning during Mm -hmm. the pandemic and I've been learning Spanish uh, since February of 20. And I did it a little different this time. I did books and audiobooks and all that, and that just never really worked, but I found a service where I actually talked to people. And huh. it's fascinating. I have conversations you know every week and in different countries and uh, not only it's been super rewarding because I've actually finally learned the language uh, somewhat. If you're, if you're a native speaker, please be nice to me
0: yeah. and go
1: slow. Um, but yeah, it's been amazingly rewarding because I've actually made friends all across the world.
0: Ah, that's great. Yeah. And obviously immersing yourself in it, uh, forcing yourself to use the language, right? And to respond.
1: Yeah. And and doing something that I think we'll end up talking about in a customer service context was Having a human connection to it, having uh, you know, right. having conversations with people as opposed to sitting there and like l- learning vocabulary.
0: Yeah, it's easy to ignore the uh, Duolingo Owl, but not as easy <laughs> to ignore a person, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, I want to put you in the shoes as a consumer. Uh, tell us about a memorable, memorable experience you've had uh, lately as a consumer.
1: So, I will say uh, one of the things I've also been doing. Uh, I'm a uh well i think we talked about this because you're up in boston i went to berkeley for a year uh, a long time ago so i'm a guitarist and i bought a guitar actually a couple from sweetwater i don't know if you're familiar with oh yeah yeah okay yeah so uh and what an i have one right here too oh do you oh don't play it well but uh, yeah i have one right behind me fantastic i mean well they their service has been amazing and you know they truly blend digital into something we can talk about later as well but they Hmm. truly blend digital and human service uh, almost seamlessly and uh, if you ever buy a guitar from them one of the things they do is they send you the pictures of your guitar not the one from the catalog they take a, they do a full photo shoot of the actual you know above a certain price range right i don't think they do it for like the like the starter guitars yeah. but yeah, but even like a middle price range it's not just like really nice ones and they literally send you like almost a 360 view all these different pictures of the guitar mm. you're going to receive before you receive it they communicate throughout the whole process cuz you're like oh no is my guitar on the way is it safe is it going to be crushed yeah. by the shipper <laughs> uh, and it's been Fantastic, and you know, spoken with them a few times, and it all seamlessly worked together. It was, it's just an incredible experience.
0: Uh, and have you learned anything, anything new about yourself as a consumer in the past twelve months? New. Um, I've reinforced. More- re-
1: <laughs> Go <ahead. laughs> uh, You know, I'm old enough. There's not that much new. I, I've reinforced an old uh, something I already knew about myself, which is uh, from as a consumer. Uh, I have very little patience for companies that waste my time anymore. Mm. And I never really have had that um, because I truly, the one thing I really focus on in my life is my time and the value of my time. Like, yeah. I'd rather somebody waste a small amount of money than my time. Um, I don't show that lack of patience usually because one, I'm just that's my natural disposition and I'm also being in the business. Very empathetic towards frontline service reps. So, even if they are wasting my time, I don't necessarily show my lack of patience, mm. but I feel it. And it's, you know, I think every year I'm a little bit more protective of my time. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about hassle. Obviously, that's how we titled this. And that's yeah. what to me, I, I found as a consumer, I feel that on the other end. Like, I truly feel when somebody's hassling me or making me jump through hoops for something that I really shouldn't have to
0: yeah and it's, it's a it's a funny point to make especially in the past as you said 12 13 months when convenience speed uh were super uh impressive by some right so to oh, yeah. patience how do you expect to have patience at all uh, you can get it faster from someone else right 100 well, and that's you know we've been talking about that
1: for years uh, in the cx world the amazon Ooh. effect right that just the having to compete with clicking a button and getting something immediately, right? Or now Netflix. So it is, you know, if you have a journey in which there is a lot of friction, you are starting out at a competitive disadvantage, even if the things that are setting that pace aren't in your industry,
0: right? Absolutely. Uh, Alright, so let's get to the topic at hand, the impact the hassle and friction on the customer experience. Uh, Adam, maybe to kick it off, what role does emotion play when it comes to understanding customers and what they want out of businesses?
1: So to me, emotion dictates experience. So when I break down customer experience, it's, you know you can get very complicated, it gets very complex and complicated. I basically look at the goal of customer experience is to generate positive emotion and prevent negative emotion because we know that emotion is going to drive experienced results. Right. So T- Temkin did a study and they found that uh, people that they basically compare people that had a positive emotional experience versus a negative emotional experience and those that had a positive emotional experience were 15 times more likely to recommend right that's nps Mm -hmm. likelihood to recommend that's 15 times that's not 15 percent that's you know 1500 percent yeah uh eight times more likely to trust how important is that even more so in the last year and here's the thing we're gonna blow it right we're gonna get it wrong either because we didn't execute or because we didn't meet expectations they had a different expectation Right. Uh, positive emotional experience versus a negative one, six times more likely to forgive. Mm. So, emotion can drive incredible results from an experience perspective. And there's, a, I, I usually talk about these two studies in tandem. Um, so, there's also a Forrester, Forrester has like a customer emotion matrix. And right. I won't try to describe a matrix, but the, the yeah. short version is the one thing they add, it basically. You know, positive emotion, you grow the share wallet and you risk share wallet, you grow affinity, you grow retention. Uh, one thing they delineate between is uh, intensity. And that's a huge, mm. huge part when we're talking about emotion. Mm. Uh, there's something called the peak end rule, I'm sure you've heard of, probably mm. had some people mention. Uh, but the idea that when you have a truly peak emotion, whether that's positive or negative, when you feel something really strongly, that tends to be what defines won the experience and depending you mentioned that a stat from pwc at the opening right right, i would venture to say that the people that loved a brand and left after one experience it was probably a pretty emotionally resonant negative experience it probably wasn't like a little hassle right
0: it was a huge pain absolutely yeah like uh so adam tell me about the the micro moments of a customer journey uh and the impact throughout
1: so micro moments are interesting because You know we just talked about there's a difference between intensity in in intensity right uh but they still matter for a couple of reasons one because they can add up two because you can still be annoyed (laughs) you Mm -hmm. don't have to be enraged you can still be bothered and annoyed and have a negative experience it may not be enough to like define your entire relationship but if that is a regular thing if you consistently have friction think of a doctor's office you go to That is just the waiting room is just, it's always the same, right? I mean, we all, we know patient care is a problem. There's many great, great ones, but you know, you go, it's just a terrible experience all the time, but it's your doctor and you're going to deal with it.
0: Sports illustrated from 1995 is the only thing to look at, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, customer service training for the staff, uh, either non-existent or from 1995. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so they, they can add up. But the other thing is, and we've all experienced this if we've been in business, is we don't know which small moments are going to be big moments. Mm. We don't know. I have a whole framework called the seven service triggers uh, triggers being hassled, uh, being ignored, being abandoned. And the point is everybody has different triggers. There's some common ones we all have, like being ignored. Nobody wants to be ignored. Yeah. But there are there are individual ones, right? Something's going to set you off that doesn't set me off and things like that. And by smoothing out the moments, making sure they all matter, we're less likely to trigger some of those bigger moments. And at the minimum, we're also just creating a smoother hassle-free experience, which you know, we already talked about is the expectation now.
0: Yeah. And so it really is about you know, those micro moments, as you said, smoothing them out, making sure that there is no hassle and friction throughout them, because that's, of course, when we can expect the emotion to really jar up again, right? Either in a positive or a negative way.
1: Yeah, 100%. Because I mean, it, and the catch is, you know, positive motion is a little more difficult when we're talking about friction, because they ex- like, that's the baseline, the table stakes, yeah. as we you know, like the same business, right? Yeah. I mean, that's they expect frictionless now, right? Yeah. There may be a context where they don't and you can wow them if you if you uh, move to another city and the DMV is like run like an Amazon, like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like amazing. Right. And I've had that. I've actually gone to a DMV like they they were for the DMV. It was they were on top of it. They did a great job. Mm. Um, And, you know, that's because the baseline there is different. If the baseline is ordering something off a a digital app Mm. and they're an Amazon Prime customer, you're going to have to have your A game. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, And a topical example that I'll use similar to your DMV. Uh, I actually had a pleasant experience with my taxes this year. Uh, it seemed too easy. <laughs> and it's because there's a lot of jokes going around these days about, uh, you know, for tax season, you have to essentially guess how much you owe and then make that payment. And if you don't, do it, they penalize you, right? There's a big, long go- joke about that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I had an experience that was so easy, I began to second guess if I was doing something wrong. if I <laughs> uh, You're
1: like, this uh, could not be possible.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem real. This couldn't be them. Uh, all right, well, that's so ama- that's amazing. Yeah, it was a good a good thing. And I haven't found a DMV that I've appreciated yet, though. So uh, well, well, you know, we away. were
1: wow. I was, go, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, Terry, real quickly, you know, we were talking offline about uh, receiving the vaccine. Yeah, I because our expectations for government are pretty low as, as, as a rule. Right. I mean, <laughs> government service. I had the most amazing experience. I was blown away. It was literally a perfect experience. Like nothing yeah. was wrong. And I had such low expectations, I have to admit, not that I'm down on government. I know a lot of departments and a lot of governments do deliver great service, but let's face it, over our lifetimes, you know, we've experienced uh, less than that. Uh, it was amazing to see, right? Because my baseline, but it, it was good for anybody. Right. Like it was good for a private company. It was an excellent, they did an incredible job in my county.
0: Yeah, and a lot of, uh, I'll say uh, over communicating, which is good too, right? Of course, that's uh, a necessity. All right. So let's talk about empathy in the customer journey. How do we deliver on that going forward in 2021?
1: So empathy is interesting because empathy is almost always individual, right? Uh, Mm. I mean, when you're expressing empathy, um, you know, that's really a one to one thing. But so the question is, when we're looking at the journey, how do we approach building in something that's very personal and individual into the journey? Part of it is exactly what we're talking about. It's a little, uh, you know, it sort of melds with that hassle thing, which is looking for the points where we're likely to create a negative emotional response. Sure. So that's number one. From a planning perspective, where are we likely to uh, have a problem? The next thing, and this is a huge, uh, Factor in hassle and a huge factor in empathy. And I I do have a dog in this hunt because we do customer service training, but is train team members Mm. because if you do not train your teams, and I always say, you know, it's uh, anybody with a good personality and decent communication can do, you know, sort of positive, proactive customer service. Right. Where we fall apart (laughs) is when we have to react to a problem, right? When we're not designed to get cussed at, yelled at, screamed at and go, well, thank you, ma'am. I'd love to help you with that. Right? That's not how we're wired. We have, we have our own emotional responses, we have our own sort of instinctual responses. So training is huge, because one of the things and one of the cornerstones of our training, and this goes back to Stephen Covey's seven habits, his great story about the on the subway, I don't don't know if we want to tell it here. But it's this idea, you don't know your customer's story. Right, you right, you don't when they when somebody's sitting across from you, and they're angry, or they're upset you don't know what they've been through. You don't know if, uh, you know, their boyfriend just broke up with them that morning or Mm -hmm. they just got, had a bad doctor's report uh, for their mom. Right. You don't know any of these things Uh, and empathy is trying to understand those things. Not that you're going to like, okay, what's going on in your personal life. (laughs) Right. Right. But it, but it's understanding that we don't know what's happening with somebody. 95% of the time, if they are yelling at you, you are a frontline representative. It's not Mm -hmm. personal right? right. It, it's, it's not about you. It's about something that happened and often it's about what's going on with them or the scale of the reaction is about what's going on with them. Mm. So empathy is, you're trying to understand somebody else's position, but from a standpoint of experience and how do you build that in one it's looking for those areas. And then it's to making sure your team is trained, because as we talked about emotion, here's what I will say, the human moments almost always matter more. You're, right. We're just wired for each other. So if you have a customer journey with 10 digital touch points and assuming none of them were horribly hassle, you know, a huge hassle that enraged somebody. Right. The <clears throat> time they talk to a human is going to matter the most, positive mm-hmm. or negative. It's, gonna, it's just going to have more resonance, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so, Adam, how do we integrate the digital and human uh, connection to create that amazing CX then?
1: Well, that's interesting. So I do like to talk about digital integration, even though we, we talk about digital transformation a lot, because yeah. one, one of the things is we're, we're talking about using technology, in a lot of cases to replace human interaction, mm. right? So mm-hmm. the, fir- the first thing is trying to figure out how to make the technology itself more human, right. uh, that it is a little, uh, you know, you're in the industry, I'm in the industry, what is happening with AI right now is incredible. And where we're going to be in five years is a little bit, uh, you know, if you've watched too many Terminator movies like me, hey, it's a little bit freaky. Right? Yeah, learning, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's learning incredibly, and you can actually talk to a robot and not know you're talking to one uh, if you have a very simple request. Mm-hmm. And so, part of it is taking the technology and trying to make it more human. Uh, mm-hmm. and we can talk about there's some sort of ethics to whether you identify it as a robot or not, and I have opinions on that. But the second aspect is using the technology to make the human interactions richer, OK? Because we're still going to have the human interactions depending on the uh, the industry and depending on the customer's journey. And you know technology can be either the greatest sort of uh, reducer of hassle or the greatest creator of hassle. Mm-hmm. Because it's great when the app works. It's not that great when the app doesn't work. Right. Right. It's great when I can find what I want on the app. It's not that great when I can't find what I want in the app. It's great when I have a nice, well-trained customer service representative trying to help me. It's not great when that customer service representative can't find any of the information he or she needs to actually help me. Mm. So technology, when we talk about this idea of integration, is melding it throughout the entire journey. Right. Making sure that it is actually Creating a great experience when it is the experience, and supporting a great experience when it's in the background.
0: Mm. Uh, And you you mentioned your opinion on uh, being upfront, whether it is AI or a bot in that scenario. Uh, Am I allowed to ask your opinion? That
1: sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm here for it. Uh, Yeah, I, I think you should identify it. I don't. I don't have a. I don't think you're a bad company if you don't. I don't have a right. like huge moral like problem if you don't. I do yeah. think you should. And even if it's something like uh, Alice Bot, right? You don't have to be like, this is a bot, and a legal disclaimer. Right. Just something that says, it, it's not Alice, it's Alice well, Bot, right?
0: I'm invited to agree with you because I feel like if I think I'm talking to a human and I find out I'm not, that's a very irritating scenario for me. Like, uh, exactly. you can't even help me, right? <laughs>
1: Exactly. I, th- I think it sets the expectation, one, particularly right now, um, just even putting aside ethics, just talking about the experience. And to your point, right, uh, you know, right now, the bots aren't that good. Your event. If, if you have anything below sort of a, above sort of a level two question, you're going to have to get transferred to a human and going, oh, no, that wasn't a human. I'm now waiting right uh, to your yeah. point.
0: Yeah, that's not a great experience. So uh, the theme of being a hero comes up a lot in your work. Uh, obviously your book, as I mentioned before, be your customer's hero and your hero class customer experience. Uh, what does this mean and how can it help other organizations?
1: So in the book, uh, and this is interesting because my bu- the book came out you can sort of see it in the background. I think it's out of frame a little, uh, sure. the book came out in 2015 and, right. and uh, at the end of the book, I sort of like, what is a hero class experience? What does it mean to be hero class? Which is sort of how we frame it. Mm. And I had three, uh, basically, steps, as one is meet and whenever possible, exceed expectations. Mm. Uh, Two, provide a hassle-free, frictionless experience, which we're talking about today. Yeah. And three, and this is the hardest one for me and pretty much everyone on Earth, do both of the above consistently, Mm. Uh, which is the challenge, of course. Right. Now I would say I've said this a few times. If I wrote the book today, I would add a fourth one, and that is create a positive, emotionally resonant experience. Hmm. Now I talked about emotion when I was uh, writing Hero, some, but in the ensuing years, in the five or six years since Hero came out, I've one the research has, you know, come out. It's really shown. Uh, how powerful emotion is and i've really started to focus on it more and understand how much it defines experience so if i were to uh you know release version two i would add the uh, create a positive emotionally resonant experience to that
0: hmm. uh, and my last question for you adam is is a little off track of course but uh looking forward into 2021 uh do you have any uh, future highlights that you're going to be looking for in this year in, in, as it pertains to customer experience uh maybe key rollouts or features or functionality, maybe it is largely due to AI. Uh, what are you kind of looking for in this year, 2021, to, as we come out of this, come out of us, we are still in the digital transformation? Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, as it, uh, well, I think, I don't know that there will be anything particularly new as much as, <laughs> I think we're just gonna see a continuation of 2020, which is, you know this has been uh the pandemic was essentially you know putting kerosene on processes that were already happening right right i mean yeah. the companies that were already digitally transforming they were in a great position because they're like okay we were already doing this now we just have five times the budget because we have to right so, let's go um so that you know those those companies were able to pivot immediately and we're in you were able to see that right and then I think that's just gonna continue. I think uh, both uh, that digital transformation, including AI, uh, and just sort of more basic digital transformation will just continue to ramp up. You know, We're gonna go back, so to speak, to some things, but we all know not everything will go back to the way it was. It will be, there will be more hybrid experiences. There will be more digital replacement of in-person experiences. And that digital transformation is gonna have the budget and it's going to have the desire, you know, the need, the demand, and it's going to just keep going. I think.
0: Yeah. So, Adam, last question for you: survey question we're giving to all of our uh, live stream guests. Uh oh. You going to buy your groceries in the grocery store or pick them up moving forward? We do both now, but it's uh, so it's really a question of the
1: percentage for me. <laughs> um, I would say we're. I will say this, we're going to have a much uh, a much greater percentage of delivery than we did before the pandemic. Right. Um, the biggest catch I've found, no offense to all the people delivering, is you know, they sort of get you on the produce when you when you don't go get it yourself.
0: Yeah, I have seen that. Very yeah, clear the, point. <laughs> the,
1: the, the fruits and veggies, you don't seem to get the best ones.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, a lot of brown.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <so>, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the percentage has definitely increased permanently in our household.
0: Mm. Well, Adam, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Uh, Adam Topork, the author of the blog Customers That Stick and Be Your Customer's Hero, here to talk about the impact of hassle and friction on customer experience. Fritz, thank you for putting that up. Go check out CustomersThatStick.com. Adam, it was a pleasure. Thanks again for the time. Oh, thanks so much, Terrence. I appreciate it. Take, take care. Next week, we've got Dan Gingis, the ex- Chief Experience Officer at the Experience Maker. International known CX advisor and consultant joins us at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Talk then. Thank you all for joining.